Profiles in Cinemania, David Bowie. Have you ever been tempted to put on your red shoes and dance the blues? Do you ever feel like we could be heroes just for one day? Have you ever been afraid of Americans or thought to yourself, this ain't rock and roll, this is genocide? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then odds are you've been exposed to Bowie. While exposure to Bowie is typically non-fatal, side effects include, but are not limited to, fabulous makeup, eccentric clothing, amazing hair, ambiguous gender and or sexuality, marriage to supermodels, and or genre-spanning artistic influence. January 8, 1947, in a London suburb, David Robert Jones was born, and the world hasn't been the same since. Born and raised in the shadow of World War II, he grew up with a distant, somewhat cold mother and a busy working father, typical in the 50s. What little time David and his father did spend together was formative. They liked to go to the local theater, and young David would sneak behind the scenes any chance he got. He loved to witness the human alchemy that came together to create the magic on stage. This is where he fell in love with art and performance. David's older half-brother, Terry Burns, was his main source of connection within his family. Though their get-togethers were infrequent, this connection was vital to shaping David as a person. Terry introduced young David to artists who would turn out to be some of the biggest influences, John Coltrane and Little Richard. Tragically, Terry succumbed to schizophrenia and died young. Given the history of mental illness in their mother's family, something David called Peggy's Curse, one wonders whether Bowie entirely avoided the fate that befell so many of his family members. Perhaps his artistic outlets and stage persona allowed him a controlled release for his madness. It seemed performance was a means of self-medication. Well, one means. Ziggy definitely had more than his share of stardust in the 70s after all. David said that he felt like an empty vessel until he was performing or creating, as if those artistic endeavors filled in the blanks. I've never been sure of my own personality, he said. I'm a collector of personalities. Among this collection were alter egos like the Thin White Duke, Aladdin Sane, and of course, Ziggy Stardust. But even his best-known stage name was itself an alter ego. The name David Jones was as banal as the suburban childhood he longed to escape, and using it risked his being confused with the frontman of the monkeys, so it had to go. He wanted a sharp name, similar to Mick Jagger, and drew inspiration from Jim Bowie, the Texan known for his big old sharp knife and his fateful last stand. Bowie created all of these personas so he didn't have to expose his real self on stage. To Bowie, there were no absolutes. He blurred the lines between genders and sexualities. His wardrobe contained dresses, tailored suits, high heels, wigs, and pieces of clothing that were so far out of the norm they had no assigned gender. Bowie seemed to revel in otherness, becoming somewhat alien in his appearance and mannerisms. A schoolyard fight with childhood friend George Underwood left him with a permanently dilated left pupil, lending him a signature otherworldly visage. In the early 70s, Bowie also outed himself as bisexual. However, to what extent he actually was bisexual and how much was yet another part of his persona created for shock value is debated to this day. Regardless, being able to count Bowie as a fellow certainly gave the bisexual community both visibility and a much-needed hero. But Bowie would never let himself be pinned down on anything. When questioned later, he replied, I'm not sure whether it's me changing my mind or whether I lie a lot. In 1970, Bowie and American actress Angela Barnett entered into what they agreed was a marriage of convenience. Apparently, right before getting married, he told her, I'm not really in love with you. And her response was, it's probably a good thing. Suppose it's hard to be in love with someone else when you don't even know who you are. Bowie once said of Angela, living with her is like living with a blowtorch. Good? Bad? Who knows? Either way, the couple divorced in 1980 and share one child, Duncan Zoe Haywood Jones. 
born in early 1971, he was introduced to the world as Zoe Bowie, but now goes by simply Duncan Jones. Despite his somewhat tumultuous childhood, he's currently an award-winning director, best known for his films Moon, Mute, Source Code, and unfortunately Warcraft. Perhaps his search for self was what drove Bowie's wanderlust. His childhood obsession with America led him to move there. But later, he said that America made him feel like a foreign body that couldn't help but absorb what was around him. In 1974, he tried New York for a minute, but then switched coasts and settled in LA because, as he put it, he detested the place and thought that being there would help him get better at socializing. Apparently everybody hates LA, even Bowie. 1976 saw Bowie pick up stakes again, this time to West Berlin, partly to get clean, partly to explore the burgeoning German music scene. He worked with Brian Eno to create three albums later known as his Berlin Trilogy. Astonishingly, he somehow managed to get clean while living with Iggy Pop during this time. His 1978 world tour was, according to biographer David Buckley, his first tour in four or five years in which he'd probably not anesthetized himself with copious quantities of cocaine before taking the stage. 1980 was a big year for Bowie. Newly divorced, with full custody of his son, and finally sober, he moved back to the U.S., this time settling in New York. He started the year with a number one single and ended it with a five-month run on Broadway. Things were looking up for this basic boy from Bromley. He was on track to become a superstar. The next year, he teamed up with Queen to create the single Under Pressure, which is arguably one of the best and most popular rock songs ever recorded. And I will argue this, so don't try me. In fact, the entirety of the 80s and 90s were great for Bowie. He hit the height of his fame and popularity, released nearly a dozen albums, toured the world, collaborated with the biggest names in music and film, and starred in numerous movies most of which are deadly sources of cinemania. In 1990, Bowie met supermodel Iman, and it was over for him. I was naming the children the night we met. It was absolutely immediate, he recalled. The pair married in 1992 and were together until Bowie's death in 2016. Their daughter, Alexandra Zahara Jones, Lexi, was born in 2000 and has stayed mostly out of the public eye. Bowie once teased, you would think that a rock star being married to a supermodel would be one of the greatest things in the world. It is. After the turn of the century, Bowie slowed down a bit, but he never stopped creating. While he wasn't as prolific as in previous decades, he still played supporting roles in movies and TV shows, contributed to soundtracks, voiced video and PC game characters, and even voiced a character in a SpongeBob SquarePants TV movie. His daughter loved the show, so he asked to voice a character, and who in their right mind would turn down Bowie? Of course he also produced a few albums. His final album, Black Star, was created while Bowie was dying of cancer, a fact that he had not made public. The lyrics unambiguously reference mortality, and the album was released only two days before his death in January 2016. He managed to turn even his own death into a work of art. Everything is rubbish, and all rubbish is wonderful, Bowie once said. He saw the beauty and brilliance and change. He constantly questioned his place in the universe and continually created music, dance, acting, sculpture, video, all in an effort to figure out how he fit into the grand design. I never became what I was supposed to be, he once told an interviewer. I just didn't know how to. There's no hint of sadness or even regret in his voice. This was just a matter-of-fact statement about his life. Who knows what he thought he was supposed to be, because it's hard to imagine him as anything other than what he was. During his lifetime, and posthumously, Bowie received more awards and accolades than we have time to list. Besides an honorary doctorate, which he accepted, and a knighthood, which he declined, a species of spider and an asteroid are among the many things that bear his name, or at least one of them. His songs and albums are enlisted in every best of article that even thinks about rock, and his persona has become ubiquitous in popular culture. Where haven't you seen the Aladdin saying lightning bolt face paint? 
He's influenced and continues to influence countless artists across all genres and mediums. Bowie has become almost a concept more than a person, and that's probably the way he would have liked it. This has been another Profile in Cinemania. This episode was written and performed by Hope Bravo. Yes, that's my real name. Mixing, mastering, and sound design by Ethan Ireland. Music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Profiles in Cinemania is a product of the Cinemania Society, LLC.